Welcome back to our study of 1 Kings. We are in 1 Kings chapter 18, verses 41 to 46. And if you're familiar with the story of Elijah and have been following along with us, you remember probably that last time we looked at the showdown between Elijah and the prophets of Baal. And uh, perhaps like me, you're anticipating this session being about uh, Elijah's run uh, his flight away from Jezebel when he's fearing for his life and whatnot that happens in chapter 19. I began to prepare to teach that passage of scripture and almost forgot that in between that showdown in chapter 18 and Elijah's flight because of his fright in chapter 19, there's this other little episode that's very important. And so i paused my preparation for chapter 19, went back to the end of chapter 18, and we're going to spend a little bit of time on these few verses because this is a very significant moment as well. And this is one of those places where we don't really have to wonder very much about what we're supposed to learn from this passage of Scripture. And the reason why is because in the New Testament, in the book of James, James draws out a lesson for us from this passage that we are supposed to learn. Now, uh, what James says doesn't exhaust the meaning of this passage. There are other things we could learn from it as well. But here's something we want to make sure we learn from this, because this is something one of the New Testament authors is saying, this is what we can learn from this episode with Elijah. And so here's what James says in James chapter 5, verses 7 and 8. He says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. And what James said just before that, that he's sort of demonstrating or, or emphasizing through these verses about Elijah is he said, the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. So James is telling us when a righteous person prays, that's a big deal. Things happen, right? The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. And as an illustration of that, he gives us Elijah and he, he says, Elijah, was a man with a nature like ours. Of course, he was a prophet, right? He's a significant figure in the Bible, but he was not a god. He was not an angel. He was a human being. He was a man with a nature like ours. He was a sinner. He had weaknesses and frailties. We'll see those in chapter 19, Lord willing, next time. He was like us. And yet when he prayed, things happened. He prayed. And there was no rain. He prayed again three and a half years later, and there was rain. And James reminds us of those events to encourage us to pray. Right, so as you read this story about Elijah, don't think mainly Elijah's not like me. Elijah's a prophet. Elijah is probably a godlier person than I am, etc., etc. So whatever you know, Elijah's prayers did. Well, that doesn't have anything to do with my prayers. James begs to differ. Right? James says he was like you. He has nature, a nature like you. Right? So if you are a righteous person, a godly person, 
You don't have to be a prophet. You don't have to be perfect. If you're a righteous person, if you're a godly person, your prayers are powerful. Not because the prayers themselves have power, but because prayer is talking to God, and God has all power, and God hears and responds to our prayers. Um, not always the way we would want Him to respond, right? doesn't mean we get everything we ask for, but we know that God always hears our prayers, and when He responds to our prayers, um, with a yes in particular, right, then things happen, right? It, it matters that we pray. So here's what happened with Elijah in his prayer. So back in chapter 17, in verse 1, uh, it says, There shall be neither dew nor rain these years except by my word. And back in chapter 17, verse 1, that's the beginning of this story with Elijah. And Elijah says that to King Ahab. Right? Elijah says to Ahab, There shall be neither dew nor rain these years except by my word. Right? And then what happens is, exactly what Elijah said would happen comes to pass. Chapter 18, verse 2 says, Now the famine was severe in Samaria. Right, that's um, in Israel, the northern kingdom, where Ahab is the king. So there's a severe famine. And a few verses later, verse 5 of chapter 18, it says, And Ahab, that's the king, said to Obadiah, Go through the land to all the springs of water and to all the valleys. Perhaps we may find grass and save the horses and mules alive and not lose some of the animals. So the famine by that point had become so severe, they were afraid their animals were going to die right, for a lack of food, lack of grass. Um, also in chapter 18, verse 1, Ahab doesn't know this yet, but we get to know, and Elijah knows. In chapter 18, verse 1, it says, After many days the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go show yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. So God says to Elijah, It's time for the drought to end. I want you to go and speak to Ahab, the king, and I'm going to bring rain upon the land again. Now, the other big thing, and it's really big, the other big thing that happens in chapter 18 is that Elijah has his showdown with the prophets of Baal. The prophets of Baal get to have their altar and offer their sacrifice and call out to their God and see if he will answer by fire. And of course, he did not. And then Elijah rebuilds the altar of the Lord calls upon God, and even though he had doused the sacrifice and the altar with water so much so that the, the, the little trough that he had uh, made around the altar was full of water, and God answered with fire and consumed not only the sacrifice, but the stones, licked up all the water. It was evident that the Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, is the real, true, living God, and Baal was nothing but a fraud. And so Elijah in accordance with what God had said about false prophets, he slaughters the prophets of Baal. Now, what happens next is this, verse 41 of chapter 18. And Elijah said to Ahab, Go up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of the rushing of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Mount Carmel. And he bowed himself down on the earth and put his face between his knees and he said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and said, There is nothing. And he said, Go again, seven times. And at the seventh time he said, Behold, a, cl a little cloud 
like a man's hand is rising from the sea. And he said, Go up, say to Ahab, Prepare your chariot and go down, lest the rain stop you. And in a little while the heavens grew black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain. And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel, and the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he gathered up his garment and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Now, what just happened there? All right, so Elijah has already been told by the Lord back in chapter 18, verse 1, that he's going to send rain upon the earth again. And so Elijah gives warning to Ahab, right? Go eat and drink. I hear the sound of rain coming. It's going to rain soon. And so Ahab goes up to eat and drink. Elijah goes up to the top of Mount Carmel. And it says he bowed himself down on the earth and put his face between his knees. It doesn't tell us for sure what he's doing there, but it sure seems like he would be praying. And based on what James says, I think we can be confident that Elijah was praying. So Elijah prays and he has a servant with him and he, he keeps saying to his servant, go, go look for me, right? Go look toward the sea. And the servant looks and doesn't see a thing. Sky looks just like it has before these last three and a half years, nothing, no sign of rain. So Elijah says, uh, go again and go again and go again and go again. And it's not until the seventh time that the servant says, well, okay, yeah, now I can see there's a little cloud. Looks like a man's hand, right? There's a little cloud coming and Elijah knows, okay, that's the answer. The Lord is answering my prayer. The rain is about to come. And so he says, go, uh, go say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down, lest the rain stop you. So if you don't want to get stuck in this storm, Ahab, you need to get down off this mountain. And it says in verse 45, in a little while the heavens grew black with clouds and wind and there was a great rain. So God brought a massive rain upon the earth and Ahab goes down to Jezreel and the hand of the Lord is upon Elijah and Elijah runs ahead of Ahab down to Jezreel. But why is why does this happen now? Why does this happen this way? Right, because the beginning of chapter 18 is the Lord telling Elijah, I'm going to end the rain, and end the drought and bring rain. The end of chapter 18, the drought ends and the rain comes. In the middle, there's this huge ordeal with the prophets of Baal and Elijah. How do those two things fit together? Another way to ask the question would be, why did God decide that now is the time for the drought to end? And I think we can answer both of those questions the same way. They both point to the same answer, which is there is a connection, right? There's a connection between the drought and Baal worship. Remember, the drought was not just some um, punishment that God came up with, um, sort of in the moment, right, because of Israel's sin. But God had, uh, you know, so to speak, in the moment, God's outside of time and all that. But back in um, the law, right, back in Deuteronomy, God had told his people through Moses that if they were unfaithful to him, if they sinned, if they broke the covenant, 
then there would be certain consequences, certain judgments, certain curses that would come upon them. And one of them was a drought, that God would make the heavens like bronze. And so Ahab was involved in idolatry. He's the king of Israel. His wife Jezebel was an idolater as well. And um, so Ahab is presumably leading the people as well. You've got, what, 450 prophets of Baal? So there's all this idolatry going on in Israel, and that's why God brings the drought. Because they've been they've broken the covenant, they've been unfaithful to God, they're worshiping another God. And so God brings the drought upon them. So why is the drought now coming to an end? Well, Baal worship hasn't been totally eradicated, right? Because Jezebel is still alive and Ahab is still alive. But the prophets of Baal have been slaughtered, and Elijah has been vindicated as a prophet of the Lord, and God has shown himself to be the true and living God through this um, significant moment, right? This showdown between Elijah and the prophets of Baal. And the people have recognized that the Lord is God, that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he's the real God. And so it's appropriate and significant that at that moment, God brings an end to the drought that James tells us lasted three and a half years, in part as another sign that the Lord is God, right? But also because a significant part of the idolatry that brought the drought upon them in the first place has now been wiped out through Elijah slaughtering the prophets of Baal and God showing the people of Israel that he is indeed the true and living God. So two things right, for us to draw from this. One is the reminder that God is in control, that God is God, right, and that he works in history. He really does control things. He really does do things. He can send rain and he can withhold rain. Right? And he does what he says he's going to do. The other thing is that our prayers matter. Right? The Bible encourages us to pray. Jesus told a parable, right? the parable of the persistent widow, to the effect, uh, to, the point of the parable was um, that his disciples would always pray and, and never lose heart. Right, that they would be persistent in prayer, be constant in prayer, as Paul says. Right, the New Testament encourages us to pray. And one of the ways it encourages us to pray is through the story of Elijah. Elijah was like you, like me. He was human. He was human. He was a prophet, right? But he was, he was not a god. He was still a sinner. He was still weak, uh, you know, human being. He still had faults and failures and uh, probably quirks and all the rest. Right? But he was a righteous man. He was devoted to God. And when he prayed, things happened. And when we pray, things happen. It matters that we pray. It matters that we pray. Be encouraged by the example of Elijah to persist in prayer. Be encouraged by the example of Elijah to pray and ask God to do things beyond what you can do yourself. Elijah obviously had no control himself over the weather, 
but he prayed and God brought an end to the rain. He prayed and God brought rain again. Uh, be a person of prayer. Right? All of us, I think, fall uh, short in this area in some ways, or we feel weak or inadequate in this in, in some ways. Right? Almost nobody feels like they pray enough. Um, however we define that, right? But let this story encourage each of us to pray. God bless.